Welcome back, everyone, and welcome out to all those new listeners. I am Chris. And I'm Katie. Obviously, we are the beard and the... Babe. We've come a lot more prepared this time, right, babe? Yeah, sure have. All right, good. Yeah, even with this kind of being like a last-second planned recording. Uh, so uh, we're going to talk a little bit uh, about Nashville. Um, she focused pretty good on the race. She asked some questions. Right. I think, and it was really fun looking up some specific answers for you instead of just flying by the seat of my pants. So, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna briefly, you know, talk about this Chicago street course and how I'm feeling about it as a NASCAR fan, a long time NASCAR fan, you know. And then, uh, like I said in the the pilot, we're gonna talk some football here and there, and we're gonna have a little fun NFL talk, discuss our favorite jersey combinations in the NFL. And, uh, you know, the 4th of July is coming up, so why not even talk about our favorite uh, 4th and, you know, 4th of July or cookout foods, right? Yeah. All right. So, babe, I'm going to go ahead and let you uh, start this first segment. Um, we're going to talk about the NASCAR race at Nashville, the Ally 400. Uh, you, you've got some questions for me, right? I do. I noticed on one of the restarts, uh, Brad Keselowski had a lack of go. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's exactly what he told his um, pitch uh, chief. Yeah, his crew chief. His crew chief. There we go. Yeah. He told his crew chief that he had a lack of go. And I'm just curious as to what happened in his lack of go. Yeah, so it just wouldn't go more so than anything is kind of the way he worded it. Um, from what, And then after that, he kind of came across the radio and said that the restart issue was something that he was he was hit so hard that it caused him to lose the shifter. So I don't know more specifically if that meant he just he was hit so hard his hand fell off the shifter, or it just you know caused the car to miss a shift. I, I'm I'm not sure. Right. But what's funny is you 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 know asked this question um, yesterday. Denny Hamlin um, had William Byron on his podcast and they were talking about it, and William gave his perspective and said it was really hard for him to see either. It just seemed like Brad's car just lost it when he pulled out from behind him. Well, Denny went on to say that um, he watched the in-car camera, and it almost seemed like when Brad went to put the car into gear, it just wouldn't go. So more, you know, without looking at the data and stuff that I don't have access to, it's it's really hard for me to specifically say that. But, you know, based off what I've been able to find and what I've heard and read, it seemed like, yeah, it was based more closely to like a missed shift. It's just lack of momentum. Understandable. Okay, all right, and then um, obviously I want to point out the 45 spin-out. What happened to him, and what kind of penalties and or issues is he looking at? So right now, as of recording this, I've not seen anything official about penalties to come out yet, but essentially what happened to him is it was the green flag pit stop sequence. He came in to make his green flag pit stop. And somewhere in the process of changing the tire, most likely what happened is the Jackman dropped the car too soon. The wheel nut wasn't able to snug up and lock on. Well, Tyler went out onto the track and the wheel came off or was starting to come off. And when he realized it, as he was trying to get onto pit road, it then he just, just spun out. Right, it dislodged and he more or less spun out. Now, Penalties, if they do announce them, they changed it this year. It was really severe last year, I thought, anyway. Um, if it comes off 
the car while it's on pit road under a caution, then the driver will restart the race at the tail end of the field. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then, I mean, if the wheel comes off while the car is on pit road under green flag conditions, the driver must serve a pass-through penalty. Okay, um, and then if the wheel comes off while beyond pit road, it will be a two-lap penalty for the team and a two-race suspension for two crew members. So what that means is essentially they get out onto the track mm. and they're actively racing and the wheel comes off and he was to say smack the wall and cause a caution. That's the severest the penalty can become. Gotcha. So I believe they considered him being on pit road, so I don't believe that he's going to lose any crew members this week or anything right obviously um but if they were to suspend crew members typically it's the tire changer and the jackman that they go after because those are the two that are quote the most responsible for a loose wheel in this instance okay so yeah i mean it's it's really um these new single lug wheels are have been Fun. Yeah, I've noticed that they are having some issues with them. Yeah, it's it's been ongoing, and it'll continue, I think, for a little bit longer. But eventually, it'll you'll see it happen less and less. Yeah, as they get used to it more and more. Yeah. I'm sure. Okay, my next my next question is Blaney's hit. What could have been done? Uh, I mean, I mean, or let's let uh, more or less let's talk about Denny's day for or not Denny's day, Blaney's day first because he wasn't having the best of days to begin with, was he? Yeah, I mean the Ford struggled um, overall. Sunday it was it was a rough day for the Ford camp. I mean, Kevin Harvick drove all the way up to fourth, and then just to give you a, you know you know an idea, he got a flat tire and finished outside the top fifteen. So, regardless, you know, it was a rough day. But, I mean, looked like on that, it, it actually, coincidentally, um, it happened on that same restart that Brad just couldn't get his car to go. Um, so, they all spread out and fanned out to avoid Brad. And Blaney said in his interview after he got out of the infield care center, he just, he didn't know if they were wrecking or what was happening. And then he got hit in the rear by uh, Bush, Kyle Bush, and they both went spinning through the infield. Mm. Well, if you look at that replay, um, Kyle's car caught, whipped back around, and he was able to continue on straight. Yeah. Blaney said um, he was expecting his car, he guesses, or he was you know, waiting on that. So he let off the brake, waiting for his car to snap back, and it just didn't snap back. It just smacked into the wall, and mm. it, it, was, it was a hit. Yeah, it was a hard hit. Um, I remember you telling me that, what did he say to his pit crew? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Or he said, I need help. Yeah. 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 He, he then quoted saying it was, he was quoted saying again, you know, that it was one of the hardest hits he's ever took. I'm glad he came out okay in the end. Yeah. And I think uh, the big thing that people want to know, too, even Blaney, he's he's kind of, I mean, he's it's fun to have some humor about it. Posted. If you go check out his Twitter feed, I noticed he posted something about a wreck diecast. Well, let, let's get the thing here straight. I am not on Twitter. This <laughs> is Twitter is not for me. So if you do anything with Twitter, I have no clue about it. So well, yeah, I show her that. things, but I show her things, you know, and they want to know why there wasn't a safer barrier there, or, you know, a barrier right. in general, right? And uh, Blaney said even he'd pay for the dang thing. You know, understandable after the hit he took yeah though. but i mean so 
Um, Elton Sawyer, he's, you know, like NASCAR's VP competition. He's the one who oversees the races. And if a driver gets in trouble, you know, I tell you they're getting called to the hauler after. He's the one they're talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on Sirius's NASCAR channel this morning and said that the reason why the safer barrier wasn't there is because the safer barrier is not meant for segments of wall less than um, 100 foot in length but he did agree with blaney that something should have been there a tire barrier sand buckets you know something should have been there so hopefully that's something that they're going to get you know fixed maybe for next year yeah i mean even or for the next race because um do they race two races no actually yeah you're right so it would be next year where they don't race two at nashville okay um ross's journey so he started out on the pole yeah. And then he lost some momentum there for a while, didn't he? Well, yeah, I mean, you could say that. He kind of, so the thing with right now that with these new cars is a lot of people don't like how aerodynamic they are or how aero really affects them. So Ross, yeah, he um, got beat off pit road by um, William Byron and Tyler Reddick, one restart uh, before Reddick actually, you know, spun out. And he rode around third, fourth, you know, for a little while. So, yeah, but. At the end of the day, it seemed like um, he was just able to have the best car in clean air, mm-hmm. and he was able to defensively drive the best. Right. I mean, he came, he made a nice finish. And my next thing would be Truex's battle for the lead because he tried, he tried hard there at the end, but it just turned out that his car just couldn't do it, could it? Well, yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's. Kind of plays into Ross's defensive driving, too. Ross, it, it like I said, it falls back again on that aero aspect of, um, you know, dirty air, clean air. You've probably heard me say that a lot during the race yes. or hear the announcers say that yes. even. That um, was something that we talked about during yeah. that because it was yes. somebody else was battling. Yeah, I believe the, lap, the some lap cars were giving him some problems and it yeah. was giving Truex the chance to get caught back up to him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of an arrow thing. So I think it came down to just Ross was the better car in clean air, and he was able to defensively drive better. Um, is that good necessarily? No. Maybe Martin's car was better. You know, it could have been possibly, but yeah. he wasn't able to prove that. Right. You know, uh, Ross was able to consistently. He, he, drove, just, he ran out of laps. Dude. Yeah. I think if he had one more caution within the last, yeah, another race, restart. He really would have been. He really would have had a chance. Yeah, but since another caution didn't come down, right. he obviously lost his chance, and that really sucks for Truex because he he he's had what one win or two so? two wins two already wins this year. He's this on a tear right now. Um, the, he still had a bunch of good finishes, and they're really really on a hot streak. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 I figure, I've seen you enjoyed watching that chase. You know, it was fun to yes. watch that. Um, One thing I always get into is the chase. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. The it's last kind of like few a, laps always have my attention. Yeah, kind of and like then, a mouse game. That's, you actually t- um, said something earlier that I did want to ask about. Um, Willie B's crew. So, William Byron has been on it with his crew this year, has he not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Their crew, um, so I'm not you know, good with the new stats and stuff like that yet. I'm still learning a lot of that. But I found a site today um, where his team is ranked third overall with, like, an average stop time of 
for a four tire stop of like 10.9 seconds. Right. That's that's pretty quick, but I mean, even then, like I've seen them knock out sub nine second pit stops. I right. Mean, these these guys are the best weekend and week out, um, and they showed it again, able to get you know William up to the front on a pit stop. You know, gained him two three positions, I believe it was on that stop, mm-hmm. and got him out front to where he could lead some laps. So yeah, it was it was definitely they're definitely some of the best. That's for sure. All right. So I think that's all I have on uh, Nashville right now. So yeah, Nashville was a that was a good race in my opinion. Um, it was competitive, but again, you know, it depends on what kind of NASCAR fan you are. If you right. if you hate the arrow being as dependent on these cars as it is, then you know you probably didn't like that race. But well, I am always up for hearing everybody's opinion. Yeah, for sure. Um, so anytime anybody else wants to put their opinion in, I'm always open to hear it. Yeah, NASCAR, our NASCAR fans, you know, listeners out there, make sure you uh, check out the link in the description. You can uh, leave us a voice message um, and we can, you know, discuss it and talk about it and have some fun. Um, that'll be, again, in the description for this. But, yeah, I want to touch briefly with you. Um, I know you probably won't have too many opinions on it because you're not – like I said, as we've touched on, a, a seasoned NASCAR fan. Even when am. it comes to us watching NASCAR together, I have never been into the road courses. I am going to tell you right now, my expectations aren't going to be the best for it because for me, road courses are always boring, so I'm more than likely going to be napping. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... I've seen a lot of different opinions on this Chicago on the street course race. It is the first time NASCAR's done it in their seventy-five year history. I mean, unless you consider racing on the beaches a street course, but you know, come on, let's let's be honest, that's a stretch. But I mean, one way or the other, my thing with this is I've seen people like some of the opinions I've heard are that these cars aren't made for those type of hairpin turns and that type of insane braking. You know, and that it's going to be a demolition derby or something along those lines. What I have to say to those people is this car, this next-gen car with the bigger brakes, bigger tires, you know, the rack and pinion steering, I'd say is probably the most, quote, made-for car that a street course that NASCAR's had in a long time. Yes. Now, there's the demo derby comment that I've heard, well, okay, What's it going to be any different than the Indianapolis road course or turn one at the Roval? You know, it's, it's, you know, racing. Wrecks are going to happen at some point. It's, you know, competition. These guys are hotheads. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be a hothead too if you're beating and banging and, you know, competing for, you know, wins and championships like these guys are. Um, but I will say um, something that's, I think you're going to actually like because you're a big fan of the Kyle Busch rule because you hate when Kyle Busch races in the lower series. Um, <laughs> they're not. He dominates it so hard, though. And for me, that it's just not fair to the other guys out there just trying to get their break. Well, yeah, you could look at it like that. But, yes, I do understand that, you know, they should have that type of competition. Yeah, you want to see but... what they're made of. But anyway, it's hard to it's hard for me to want to get on board when he races so many of them a year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, again, like I said, everybody has their own opinion. We've talked about that, but I think this. So this week for this Chicago Road or Street Course, 
they're not allowing the cup guys to race in the truck series race or the cup race or the Xfinity race hmm. on the street course. So they're just going to throw them out there with whatever practice and qualifying they get street track time. And, uh, you know, have at it, boys. Let's see what happens. You know, basically all I want to see this weekend, though, is a good on-track product, something that's interesting and um, just good for the sport because if the on-track product suffers, um, not only are the fans unhappy, but then it gives it, you know, it's a negative outlook for the sport, and nobody wants that, Um, especially not me because I'm passionate about the sport. I've watched it since I was a little kid. You know, I like to write articles and, you know, amateurly write, but still, um, I love to cover it. So I hope overall it's just good um, for the sport because expanding is something that I believe is somewhat necessary for continued growth. Exactly. You can't just stay in one area and expect growth to happen. Yes. You know, I believe you have to branch out a little bit, especially with something like this and something like a sport you know, like NASCAR, for instance. Heck, uh, Brad Keselowski was even saying something earlier I seen about going to Canada because he believes there's tons of untapped fans up there hmm. that would benefit from, you know, seeing a NASCAR race. So either way, I think it's supposed to happen. But am I sold on the street course? No, probably not necessarily. Not right now. Um, am I going to keep an open mind about it? Yes. I hope it's good. I hope it's something that maybe even keeps you awake on Sunday and you can enjoy it. We have something fun to talk about. I hope so. But, um, you know, I think just watch and find out. And if, you know, you want, leave us a a message after the race talking about it because that's always fun. I want to hear other NASCAR fan opinions. Exactly. Um, But right now we're just going to take a brief moment of silence um, to, you know, recognize the Johnson family, Jimmy Johnson. Um, and his wife and his wife and um, the tragedy that struck you know their family earlier today on the 27th um, we know that this is a rough time and that you know these people we just want to recognize that these people are in fact human and right. that they have human emotions and try to be they are people and we want to respect them and respect yeah, the yeah. Um, decision to remove Jimmy's car from the race as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Week. Full support for Jimmy. Um, so, yeah, we're going to take a brief moment of silence. And obviously everyone, needs, I hope, keeps them in their thoughts, prayers, you know, good, good vibes. vibes list, whatever it is, you know, you do. Just put them in there um, because definitely needed. So we'll be uh, right back. All right, everyone. So, you know, we briefly touched on last week with or a couple weeks ago, the pilot that we recorded that we're going to talk some football here and there. So I seen something today on uh, the Kelsey Brothers podcast and uh, it made me think, you know, why not? Shout out to Jason and Travis. Travis. We love a good Kelsey Brothers podcast. Yeah, we love the Kelsey Brothers. I mean, they're they're hilarious in my opinion. Anyway, but they were talking about some new alternative jerseys, kind of like the uh, creamsicle jerseys in Tampa, um, the Houston Oilers jerseys, stuff like that. Um, So I figured, why not ask Katie, you know, who's not really a big NFL fan. She knows a little bit. I have, I used Okay, so growing up, we used to be Falcons fans because my dad was 
an avid Falcons fan. I mean, that's the one thing I always remembered with dad. And I know he refuses to admit this, but this, um, he was also, um, I would say, huge Tony Stewart and uh, Jeff Gordon fans as well. <laughs> but um, my grandma, she was always Falcons fans. My aunts, my uncles, and most of my family, honestly, are Falcons fans. And I just can't get on board right now because for me, Matt Ryan has just thrown it off for me. He just is not doing well. He hasn't done well in a few years, and it's just well, he's not me there off. anymore. So come on, give well, him a yeah, break. We got Desmond Ritter. It's it's a bright future as a Falcons fan. Come okay, on, well, jump on the bus. We will we will see how the season goes. We'll but as of back. right now, the um, Philadelphia Eagles has has my vote, and I know that's bad. All right, well, well, it might not be bad, but I mean, all right, all right, I don't I am blame you. They made it fan. to the Super Bowl, that's fine, whatever. You know, you bandwagon fan, anyway. Um, <laughs> what is your uh, let's talk about this. Let's get back to the jerseys. So, uh, you know, what did you, you think about some of the new jerseys? What do you who do you got? What's your choice? So, some of the newest jerseys coming out this season, I think, are um, my favorite one is Carolina's black pants with their blue jerseys. Yeah, they changed the shade of the blue, and it's it's really sick. I'll give you that. Um, I, I'm a sucker. It goes so well with those black jerseys yeah, as well. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a blue guy myself. Blue is one of my favorite is my favorite color. So um, I think the throwbacks for sure. I'm interested in um, are going to be like the creamsicle jerseys because that's something the fans have been clamoring for. Something that you see a lot of people on Madden even play with if they play with Tampa. It's really fun. Now, what about your current jerseys, like the jerseys they wear, you know, every other week or every week? What, what, who do you got? Okay, so you broke my heart earlier when you told me that you think Atlanta is getting rid of their ombre jerseys. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. I believe I did see something about that. They're doing away with them this but year. But honestly, their red to black ombre jerseys are so so nice they're so nice i love them you know you're actually probably one of the few fans that do surprisingly i love a good ombre color but yeah. red and black i bleed red and black yeah. honestly um my school colors growing up are red and black all through school elementary middle and high school uh i've always been a huge georgia bulldogs fan go uga yeah. um and then, like I said, Falcons, obviously. But an yeah. ombre color is just so nice for me. Right. And that's not me being a woman. That's just me being, like, pretty colors, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I can understand that. But if they are getting rid of them, you know, what would your backup choice be? Oh, man, probably the solid black jerseys. Those are probably my favorite. Okay. Yeah, yeah, those are good. Um. I've got a couple, so I'm. I, I really, you know, that's been doing them. It was always fun on Madden and the NCAA games to change up your jerseys and stuff. Um, that was a big thing for me. But I'm a really big fan of the Bengals. They have an all white jersey that they just debuted last year. Right. Oh, that thing was super clean. Really like that. Um, my first favorite would probably be the old school Atlanta Falcons with the red helmet and the black jersey. Yeah. Dude, I love that red helmet. That is my favorite helmet that they play with. Um, and I then can a, get with it. A close third probably would be, um, shout out to uh, Mike, 
um, co-founder, Belly Up Sports, um, his Detroit Lions, all blue jerseys and pants with their normal silver home helmets. I, I'm a sucker for all blue, but again, you know, I did say blue is my favorite color. Now, I am a sucker for blue as well. Another one that I have on my list is the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars have a sick, sick, you know, uni combo, depending on what you like in your unis. I really like uh, Baltimore's black, all black with the purple. Yes, that's purple. A, that's another one, the Vikings as well. Yeah, you can get behind. I can get behind some black and purple or the gray and purple and the yellow or the gold and purple the vikings right uh, jerseys now, are you, you we could talk jerseys all day really if we wanted to <laughs> there's a lot of jersey combinations oh, yeah. that i like um as an nfl fan um but we're gonna we're gonna touch a little more on the nfl hopefully going moving forward i just wanted to kind of have some fun with it this week but i'm excited for this new season that's for sure absolutely yep yep for sure well we got the fourth of july coming up babe i know we had uh some fireworks in our little hometown recently it's a crazy crazy area they do fireworks for the next like two weeks around here so um but you know it got me thinking what what is you know what is grade a fourth of july cookout foods now i'm a well Growing up, we always did hamburgers and hot dogs. Obviously, hamburgers and hot dogs, staple for any household, right? right. Throw them on the grill. Yep. You don't have, really have Easy. to worry about yeah, them. You can throw Just, toppings on them. Right. All kinds of possibilities, completely. And then yeah. you've got the barbecue. Now, I am a girl for barbecue, but I also married a man I know who is a huge barbecue fan. So. I lo- love, love barbecue. Anything with barbecue, barbecue chicken, ribs, brisket, just barbecue. Um, love barbecue. It's it's my favorite food. I like barbecue chicken pizza. I like barbecue sandwiches. I like just barbecue. Um, but if I wasn't to go with barbecue, I love a good potato salad. Potato salad, a good loaded potato salad even, is amazing. My yeah. mamaw, she used to make some of the best potato salad. Hers was a mustard potato salad. See, but that's my thing. I do not like mustard. I can so understand I that. I do not like mustard salad or mustard potato salad. Mustard potato salad is probably the nastiest thing. And then I have a huge, huge texture issue when it comes to crunchy onions. If they are not cooked down, I do not want them. Yeah. Do I not can... put them on my plate. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. I just. What about you guys out there, uh, the listeners? What are what are your favorite? fourth of july cookout foods let us know leave us a voice message or comment on the you know the facebook page and let us know we're curious um because shoot them shoot us a message even if you want yeah we're foodies we love food we're we love to eat around here so tell us about your favorite side salads or anything like what's one thing that you always loved about yeah let's talk let's talk food that's something we can throw in here i think that's something sports related too everybody loves food oh yeah sports fans especially but you know now we're going to get to the part of the show i'm kind of uh excited for i'm going to step back you know and, and instead of being the main host and the lead on the show i feel like I'm going to step back and become a co-host more i'm gonna um, this is the babes part of the show she's got some good topics including you know the teething with newborns um and especially a really interesting topic, I think, and something I'm interesting to hear from our listeners. Um, the battle of the middle child syndrome we're having right now with our yes. middle child, Elliot, 
it's it's definitely rough. Uh, so we, we definitely want to hear from other parents out there um, for sure about this. But take it away, babe. I'm I'm all ears, and this is your part. So. All right. So yes, I am going through the teething stage one more time, and it is a struggle. <laughs> Now, and I always posted things on Facebook to ask about other people's things on how they got through the teething stage and whatnot. And there were all these like, oh, you can use tablets or these amber uh, necklaces or things like that. And it's just, oh, amber necklaces never Which worked we had, for yeah, ours. had no luck with those because Elliot, speaking of the devil, loved the little boy, but he was a, his teething experience was horrible and we we tried everything so elliot's issue when it comes to pain he is hypersensitive so any kind of pain or issues that he experiences he tends to experience them more intensely is what i have been told yeah so we had no luck with the amber necklaces but you know this teething experience it's definitely been it's different right now and we're just at the beginning stage yeah, because now Tucker is only stage. four months old so and that's that's what's hard about it is <clears throat> is it teething is it his vaccines because yes my child my children are vaccinated and I don't care your opinions on that I'm gonna do it yeah that's that's one of those things like if you're, you're gonna share your opinions more power to you but it's really not gonna affect any way we look at it yeah um, but don't don't you know don't come at us aggressively about it. That's the decision. We're okay. That, we're yeah, okay with it. We're good. But anyway, good. continue. Um, it's just you know, and it's so hard for me. I want to say it's almost going through PTSD. Yeah, it's it's hard because you don't know what that little baby needs. And it's not just the fact that I don't know what he needs. It's I'm I'm going through PTSD with the fact that, um. My middle child, who is unfortunately going through a, I'm not going to say regression, but he is going through some issues being a middle child and being a big brother, but we'll touch on that in a second. Um, Him being so hypersensitive made his teething journey and any other journey he had so so traumatic. Yes. And I do want to say that Elliot did not talk to me until he was, she she was four almost four years old. Almost four years old, yeah. And that's that's a that's a long story. We we're definitely gonna talk more about that in the future. Um, and so for me, that's that's a lot to take in and yeah. think about because it was hard. It was hard going through teething with that kid. We there were trips to Walmart at the you know in the middle of the night. Middle because of the night. That was that's before right you know, before COVID. Right. That so. was before twenty four hour Walmart was gone. You know, but and just it's definitely hard because it's hard for me. I know as the dad in this aspect because she's struggling as the mom and like I, I can't even do anything for the baby. So there's nothing I can really do to help. And but, it's not that like you can't with, help with like feedings or things like right. that because I'm um, gonna be honest, I'm not breastfeeding, and but formula feeding is still hard enough, and it's just he's so comfortable with only me right now yeah, it's, it's hard just, it's hard for anybody just to put like yeah. just to help i understand i'm trying my best when i can oh i have I no quarrels on how how awesome of a co like of not a co-parent i would say but like how awesome of a job that you are doing in supporting 
and helping me through this. Hey, if su- support is all I could provide, then I guess I'm going to do my best to provide that for you. you and know? I'm thankful for it because yeah. it's very, very appreciated. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the best thing we can do as a you know parents and you know giving doing the best we can to give these kids you know the best life possible. Now, exactly. Um, Again, this this is a big one for me. This one is the this is the topic that I'm really interested to talk with you about. Is this you know I wouldn't say it's like a diagnosis, but you know every kid I feel like when they have a younger sibling starts to become a little less appreciated. I guess maybe they feel less you know attention is being gave to them, whatever it may be. Um. But we as parents know that we're doing our best, or at least we feel like we're doing our best, to try to equally divide out that attention with a newborn and, you know, a six, almost seven-year-old, and then him, you know, Elliot Mm. being how old he is. Um, But I don't, there's some days I don't know what to do for the little guy. I don't either. And he's just, it's such a struggle with him, too, because he's so emotional. He's such an emotional child. He's a he's a caring. He's a tr- my 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 way of describing him is he is very trusting. So he he takes everything very very on the chin. I can have <laughs> him sitting in my lap. Yeah. Looking him dead in the face and jump and jump scare him. Yeah, and he'll he'll literally jump and he'll want, start to kind of whine and cry a little bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean and. I that try to breaks him... my heart sometimes, you know, because yeah. what more can I... But, like, that's me being playful, and he just doesn't take it as such. Right. And that sucks, in a way, but there's not much more you can do about it. Yeah. So... Absolutely. I, I mean, it's it's really hard for me. Like, I... And then I'm... I think, as like I said, as a dad... From dad's perspective... As a dad, the perspective of it is hard because I tried to go and have a good day with him a while back when I took him to get his haircut. Right. You know, and he, he has, he's always been okay, but he's always kind of had to have Katie to sit in her lap, you know, but he's been getting better. So I was able to take him this time and he did so good. So I'm like, you know, we're going to go reward this good behavior for once. And we went to, you know, Walmart and well, you guys, you guys also had to go to Walmart for other things. It was just, it was also just a, we're going here anyway, but I'm going to be nice because you did, did so this. well. Yeah. Well, that came back to bite me so hard with our oldest, oh Christopher. He he just couldn't fathom the idea that I would reward his brother without buying him a toy. And, like, it wasn't even the thought of not buying him a toy. It was just I was rewarding his brother for the good behavior. Christopher was, you know, I believe it was, what, summer camp then that week? Yeah, he was, he at was summer at summer camp. camp. So he was, you know, it, and it wasn't like school, super strict summer camp for all of you people out there that are like, oh, why would you send your kids to that? No, this was a fun summer camp that, you know, I thought he would be school provided. From. Yeah, the school provided. Why would I not take advantage of that for the little dude? Exactly. Instead of him just having to sit around here, you know, and do, be bored out of his mind. But he just couldn't fathom the idea of why I wouldn't buy him a toy too. But it wasn't even the fact of like, I didn't want to buy it. I just, oof, man, it's, parenting is rough right now. It's a, it's a rough journey. It was journey. more or less, he just pitched and, a bit over nothing because. It, yeah. Just drop down just on the floor. You know, we're talking full on. Tantrum. tantrum. Like toddler style tantrum. Yeah, and that's you know, what he has. Yeah. He is 
six going to be seven in yep. September. And he had a full three-year-old style toddler tantrum. It's, it's, it's uh, really hard right now being a parent in this world. I think a lot of parents out there will agree, especially lower middle class parents like us. Um, but, you know, mainly what we wanted to do with talking about this is, A, we, we need, you know, a place we can express this stuff and find like-minded parents and friends even out there that feel the same way as us. We love our kids, love them with our whole heart and we lay our lives our, down for them. We are doing our best to break so many generational curse, uh, yeah, generational trauma issues here. Right. Yet these kids are pushing us to the point where we're <laughs> we're we're having flashbacks, and we yeah. just it's hard. What our parents would have done to us, just telling them about that doesn't them at yeah. all yeah it's i mean we we were raised in a different generation like most people our age so you know they know what we say when discipline was a lot different for us than it is for our we try to make it for our kids but you know we want to hear from you guys you know if you're out there and you're listening and you're a parent and you're struggling right now hit us up send us you know a message or you know voice message like i said earlier safe space yeah we want to you talk call to other you complain yeah you tell us how your kids are behaving we're here to listen we are not here to give you advice yeah we might hear some advice yeah for sure we're, we're, we're always here to listen to, to everybody advice. we will listen to any advice anybody's willing to give us but we may not always take it depending on how we feel about it you know <laughs> Um, but we're always here to listen. Well, I think, you know, that's important in today's world. More people need to listen than they need to talk. Um, I think listening is a big part of the issue for sure. But, you know, I think that kind of wraps up what we wanted to talk about today, babe. So, uh, you think, uh, I wanted to give us a, a quick shout out to my, my belly up sports family. You know, again, if you haven't, read any of my NASCAR power ranking articles, go over there, you know, bellyupsports.com, you know, click on the link and they find those NASCAR power rankings. You can find them typically at the top of the screen. Um, Another thing I wanted to kind of just remind all of you listeners too, before we head out, um, we're on all of the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. So give us a follow. Um, Most importantly, please, please, please subscribe to our Spotify um, page and anywhere that you listen to us we're still working on getting on apple podcast i'm having some issues with that hopefully going to have that resolved soon um so you'll be able to su- subscribe to us on there as well um but yeah just reach out we want to hear from our fans more so you know before the next episode and uh until next time i guess we'll we'll talk then yeah see you later <laughs>